This is 10 Minutes or Less, a weekly-ish podcast of the local church. I'm Brent Levy. I am a millennial who also happens to be a pastor, I'm into a thing called the Enneagram. At its most basic, the Enneagram is an ancient personality test, one that has seen a revival in the last number of years, but it's more than just a basic personality test. It's a rich tool for self-discovery and self-awareness. When you take the test, you're given a number between one and nine. And when you explore that number, your number, your Enneagram type, you learn some amazing things about yourself. You see your potential stumbling blocks, the things that cause you to veer off course. You discover places in the deep recesses of your soul that don't often see the light of day. As one author puts it, the Enneagram helps you find your way back home, helps you journey closer to the heart of God. If you want to know more about the Enneagram, we'll post some resources in the show notes for you. But I say all of this by way of introduction because I am an Enneagram 3. What does that mean exactly? Well, the Enneagram 3 is typically referred to as the achiever. According to the Enneagram Institute, threes are, quote, self-assured, attractive, and charming, ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. What? That doesn't sound like me, except it does. Other self-assured, attractive, ambitious threes you may recognize, Muhammad Ali, Bill Clinton, Lady Gaga, Michael Jordan, Ryan Seacrest, and Oprah. I'm in good company. Now, I want to take you back to elementary school, specifically my second grade school spelling bee. We're down to the final two, me and an older student. The other student has just misspelled his word, so if I spell my word correctly, it's over. I win. I advance. The moderator announces the word. Brent, your word is physicist. I take a breath. The eyes of the entire school are staring back at me. My parents are in the audience too. Most importantly, my second grade crush, Lindsay, is also there. My heart is racing. A lone bead of sweat trickles down my cheek. Physicist, I say. P-H-Y-S-I-C-I-S-T. The moderator pauses and then, that is correct. Congratulations. There wasn't any confetti from the rafters, though there should have been. None of my classmates hoisted me onto their shoulders, but I did feel a sense of pride and accomplishment. I was somebody. I had achieved stardom in the eyes of my fellow second graders. A a second grader beating out a third, fourth, and fifth grader? Come on. They should rename the gymnasium in my honor. Maybe even the school. So fast forward a year third grade school spelling bee. I'm looking to retain my crown. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling loose. First round, piece of cake. And the first word is separate. I sigh and smile. Separate. S-E-P-E-R-A-T-E. Separate. And there's an audible gasp. The moderator somberly announces, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. I've had many worst days of my life, and this might have been among the first. I I vividly remember sobbing outside the school, consoled by my mom and dad and the P.E. teacher while the spelling bee continued inside. The winner that year was a kid named Elizabeth, a second grader. Of course she was. 
but this moment was crushing for many reasons. Sure, it hurt that I had fallen so far so fast from the top, but more than that, I couldn't shake the feeling that I had let my classmates down, that I had disappointed my parents, and Lindsay, my crush, I was certain she had moved on. Little did I know that this moment would become a snapshot, a microcosm of the rest of my life for this Enneagram 3 achieving type. An existence motivated by affirmation and approval from peers, a need to impress others and distinguish myself from the crowd. In other words, I have lived my life believing the lie that love is something to be earned. It's Valentine's Day this week. You probably already knew that. Or maybe for you, it's Galentine's Day or Singles Awareness Day. Or if you're a fan of 30 Rock or the women's suffrage movement or 19th century Methodist history, perhaps you're celebrating Anna Howard Shaw Day. But because this week is Valentine's Day, you'll hear a lot about love. You'll hear it in song and read about it in Hallmark cards. Maybe you'll put pen to paper yourself and be inspired to draft a few love poems. Love will be everywhere. It's already everywhere. You'll hear about being in love and falling in love. And maybe you'll look at the cards and and see the Hulu commercials, couples holding hands, competing in smiling contests, sharing sentimental words back and forth, perfect lives and perfect love, or so it seems. And maybe you respond to all of this love talk by scoffing, knowing how quickly those butterflies disperse. Maybe your mind moves to how hard this earthly love is, how difficult it can be, how painful sometimes that's real. Or maybe you'll see those images and hear those songs and read those words and wonder if that love will ever find you. Maybe you feel like it's something you've been chasing after. Or maybe you know that love is about more than romance, that it's deeper and richer and more profound than what shows up around this time of year. But maybe in your quest to find it, you've been thrown off course. Your desires distorted, stolen, misplaced, and you're left feeling empty. Perhaps, like me, you feel like love is something that can only be earned, that it's an effect seeking a cause, a prize to be won. Wherever you find yourself this Valentine's Day, hear this good news. Love has already found you. You can't earn it. You can't lose it. It's already there. In your mess, in your mistakes, in your good days and bad, when you feel like a disappointment, when the world seems to be crumbling around you and you can't figure out what just happened, whether this is your first Valentine's Day as a couple or your last or just one more without a partner, when you can't spell separate and you find yourself in a puddle of your own tears outside of your elementary school, when we turn away in our love, fails. The love of God is enduring and steadfast. For you and me and the whole world. I'm reminded of the words found in 1 John, words that I need scribbled across my forehead so I see them every morning staring back at me when my half-open eyes meet their reflection in the mirror. We love because God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. God first loved us. That's it. From our very first breath to our last, in between and beyond, there is love. You can't earn it. You can only awaken to it and rest in its embrace, realizing it's been there the whole time.
A few years ago, the late poet Mary Oliver released a collection of poems entitled Felicity, and many of them are about love. Here's one of them for you for today. It's called Not Anyone Who Says. Not anyone who says I'm going to be careful and smart in matters of love, who says I'm going to choose slowly, but only those lovers who didn't choose at all but were, as it were, chosen by something invisible and powerful and uncontrollable and beautiful and possibly even unsuitable. Only those know what I'm talking about in this talking about love. More next time in 10 minutes or less. Ten Minutes or Less is a podcast of the local church, a bold, inclusive new faith community committed to being with and for one another, our community, and the world. You'll find us in bold purple throughout Chatham County, North Carolina, but we are a new expression of Christ United Methodist Church in Chapel Hill. If you love what you hear, share this episode with a friend or family member or neighbor or stranger. Ratings and reviews wherever you listen help others experience this love in podcast form. And we can't do this without your generous support. If you believe that this is making a difference in your week or adding value to your life 10 minutes at a time, consider making a donation to help offset the cost of this podcast and invest in the greater work God's doing through the local church. You can do it online. Just visit thelocalchurchpbo.org and select Give. Cupid's Understudy, Wes Frady, produces the show each week. My email is in the show notes if you need it and want to connect with me to learn more about what God's up to through the local church. And we're easy to find on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Just search for the local church or local church PBO, all one word. Thanks as always for listening, friends. Remember, you're not alone and love where you are.